for Jubby. What's going on, brother? Jamal, <laughs> how's it going? Good, man. Look at you. Where are you dialing from? Chandigarh? Where are you? Yes, I'm actually in Chandigarh right now because New Delhi is on complete lockdown. Where are you? Yeah. I'm in Toronto. Ah, oh, back to the motherland. Back to motherland, man. I love, I love how the curtains actually uh, match the, the pug. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Totally unintentional, but I, I, I want to say we redid the house after I went to Cal, but that, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but you look good, man. Like, you look really good. Thanks, brother. No, just keeping healthy. You know, it's Ramadan right now, so I'm fasting. And it's the Muslim version of P90X, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just we're just trying to keep that, healthy, and I'm you know I'm, running five miles on a fast. It's a, it's good. It's a you know you get used to. It. It's not that hard. I think like um, uh, the only hard part is the water, but you get used to it. And now the now the yeah. now Ramadan's in like in a, in a good weather. It's not like in the middle of summer, so so you can actually yeah. enjoy it, man. How are you, dude? What's going on? What's happening? Uh, you know you're back. Uh, you're back. And I'm first of all, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. Um, and you. and I want to say you know to the audience listening, you know, uh, Anga, there's a He's a champion. If there's one word that I have for this guy, I've known him for over, I guess, five years, six years now, maybe. Um, so Anga is, uh, you know, was the commencement speaker at Berkeley, and has a, you know, has a speech that you know goes beyond, you know, communities and and people and happiness and brings people together. Uh, but his story starts in India and in uh, in a town called Chandigarh where he he started, but then ended up going to Berkeley. Uh, studied uh, there and then joined investment banking. Uh, did amazing at a bunch of different uh, locations, not just San Francisco at J.P. Morgan, but then also London. Uh, but then now he's, uh, you know, taking his journey back to his motherland, his homeland, and and hopefully doing amazing things. So welcome to the podcast, brother. I'm excited to have you. Thank you very very much. Uh, definitely not not worth that introduction. I feel really special right now. Like that was really good. <laughs> Thank you very very much for having me. No, dude, I'm excited. So look, I mean, you know, you've, you've attended my workshops in, at Berkeley. We, we met there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, so now that whole thing has grown, you know, a bit more on a scalable side online. So I'm trying to reach out to as many people as possible. And your story was right. definitely one that was, you know, inspirational and, and, you know, I think like can excite people, especially the folks that, you know, don't have the same opportunities as other people and, and, mm. and, and can mm. kind of see, hey, how did this guy do it? Maybe I can do it too, right? So I wanted to bring you on the podcast and kind of start like, you know, in the, like at the early days, like, you know, let's start in Chandigarh, let's say, you know, where you, you know, started. So talk to me about like family and upbringing. What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when, oftentimes uh, when people see kids who do investment banking, um, there's always an uncle or an aunt, you know, who's at Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan. Yeah. And so they always start to like look up to like, oh, you know, like uh, I, I saw this person do well. And so I want to emulate that. Uh, my case, Chandigarh is in a rural state called Punjab in northern India for the people who are tuning in. And mm -hmm. we don't have banking, we have farming. You know, farming is our investment in banking. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, came from a family of like army officers who eventually became agriculturists. And uh, like any other brown kid on the block who had decent grades, my parents were like nudging me like to become a doctor. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> how many? How many I doctors? Was, I guess they were right. This would be a perfect time for all us to be for all of us to be doctors. But I guess we didn't listen. <laughs> so they actually told me right now that one, if you're a doctor right now, you'll be serving people, and two, because you weren't a doctor, now you can't marry a doctor girl. So haha, jokes on you. 
exactly. Yeah, so, so I think I kind of screwed up my life on that one, but ah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, um, very simple family, um, humble roots, uh, but there's also a very big focus on education, you know, mm. get better, do better. Uh, was always really into reading, um, trying to uh, become very comfortable with, with English, and not just the British version that we're taught in India or Pakistan, but, but the colloquial version, one that allows us to, to connect. And so um, after uh, high school, applied to medical school, got in. Okay. And shared, in India? Know, actually, yeah, yeah. And you won't, you won't believe this. I actually had orientation on a Wednesday. Oh, and wow. On the evening, I sat my parents on and I was like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what changed? It, was, it, was, it wasn't you. It, it was, I just couldn't do it, man. I, I hated biology and chemistry. You know, I got good grades, but... I realized this is not what I, what I wanted. And so they said, okay, tough guy, what do you want? Yeah. And I said, I want to go to the States. I want to pursue business. I, I love quant. I love people. And this yeah. is perfect. And they were like, all right, uh, Mr. James Bond, how are you going to find out? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get a full scholarship. And they were like, if you can do it, go, go at it. Yeah. And so I worked for a year and uh, applied. And, and, and luckily for me, God was very kind. I actually did get the full scholarship. Oh, nice. And so, yeah. And they were like, all right, kiddo. Buzz off, and so that <laughs> the the roots, and then how Berkeley was uh, was Berkeley the was Berkeley the top choice, and you, know, you got to be honest here, you can't bullshit with me here. So was Berkeley the top yeah, choice? Yeah, yeah. Was, was was Harvard where you wanted to go at, but like ended up going to Berkeley? <laughs> so I actually always wanted California because I was like insecure because again, uh, people watching this can uh, hearing this can't see me, but I'm I'm, I'm a brown dude with a beard, I wear a turban, and so never had left the country before high school. And so I wanted to go to a place where there was a lot of diversity and there was a lot yeah. of folks who looked like me. Yeah. So I heard like Fremont has tons of Sikhs, San Jose has tons of Sikhs, there's yeah. food. And so in California, there was Stanford and Berkeley who were my top choices. And Stanford didn't have an undergrad business program and Berkeley had Haas. Yeah. And so uh, again, I, 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 I'm not saying this because I suspect that Cal Admissions is secretly listening to this right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Berkeley was always uh, the number one choice. If, if, if Cal is listening to this, you know, you guys, you guys have a legend <laughs> at your hands, so don't worry. Uh, so that's awesome, man. So you get Berkeley, story, you know, takes a new chapter. Is this, and this is your first time in the U.S. then when you moved? Yeah, very first time. And in fact, you know, first time leaving India. So there's no family travel um, mm -hmm. all up was basically studying and reading and um, the one thing I did do in India which helped me a lot in the US yeah. and I actually made a note of this to, to speak about was I picked up golf and okay. uh, people would think like what's a kid from Punjab doing playing golf and I just, I just knew early on that a lot of business transactions happen on the course because I used to yeah. political honchos on the course and I thought that if I had that one year before taking off the stage I really want to pick up this this skill set yeah and so in the day, you know, golf was ridiculously expensive to learn through coaching. And so I yeah. actually pulled up 1997 Tiger Woods videos, played them in slow-mo and taught myself the game. <laughs> and I kid no you way. Not, no I way. I kid you not, in half of my interviews in investment banking or corporate finance, it always came up. And in one, and in one interview, this MD had me hold him from behind <laughs> and like show him the rhythms of the swing. Now, I, yeah. I think intentions over there but <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a good story so Dude, that's I amazing i apologize for for the diversion but please anyone listening if you have time pick up golf it's a yeah. amazing sport 
Dude, I, you know, I want to, I've always wanted to learn golf. I've played golf when I was a kid. My dad was yeah. uh, you know, in the army and, you know, we used to go to the, awesome. um, yeah, we used to go to the local golf club and like, you know, kids would like, you know, have tournaments on the putting green and all that. Mm -hmm. But then when I, uh, you know, got my job in banking, that was kind of the idea as well. Hey, you know, maybe I should pick up golf as well because right, the other right. people do it and business is done on it. Mm -hmm. And I bought a brand new set and funny thing happened, like, you know, used it like once in San Francisco and then. Um, moved to Hong Kong. So when I moved to Hong Kong, I brought this brand new set with me because in Hong Kong, there's, there's, you know, people play golf a lot and this and that. I kid right, you not right. because Hong Kong, your apartments are so small, right? Yeah. That, you know, you got to find, you know, places where you got to hide stuff because you don't have enough space. So right, funny right. thing is fast forward four years when I'm leaving Hong Kong, I, uh, you know, uh, like removed my mattress and my bed. And I found out that the golf club set, the whole set was under the bed this whole time and it was like in the middle of the bed that I could, I didn't even know where it was. I was like, I remember I used to have a golf set. What happened? Uh, but anyways, that yeah, is so that, such a crime. But I, I have a follow up question. Yeah. Um, since you're not using it, can I get my hands on that? Like I, 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 I sold it, man, that entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur life, you know, I sold it. So it's, it's, it's actually, I sold it to one of the associates at Morgan Stanley who was, uh, uh, looking oh, you to thing. Yeah. Uh, but you have to hunt him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Berkeley started and you joined Haas, which is the business school at Berkeley, mm -hmm. right? So tell me about, yeah. you know, uh, the first few years of like, you know, coming into a place like this. Now you're, you're obviously mm -hmm. a charismatic person. You're great at like you know, you. people skills is something that comes naturally to you. But then I'm sure like investment banking wasn't even a thing on your mind. Like this wasn't, you know, yeah. what was on your mind and how did you kind of, uh, kind of align the first few years? Absolutely. And, 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 and I uh, apologize in advance because this might be a slightly long-winded answer, but it, it is one that's integral to this, the, the path I took. Um, Shirja, when I entered Cal, um, a lot of kids had known for a year that they want to be a consultant at an MBB or they want to crack into a GSMS JPM or, mm -hmm. you know, they be uh, a Silicon Valley entrepreneur and, and, you know, major in CS and business. Mm -hmm. But a lot of career plans were made in high school, seeing parents or seeing relatives or, or friends and yada, yada, yada. Hmm. My or, or just, just being in the uh, environment because they were in the US and they saw the big job. Exactly. 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 You know, like it, it, it's, it's a well-known fact that, you know, uh, consultants make excellent CEOs, investment bankers make phenomenal private equity investors. And uh, if you're in Silicon Valley, then dream is to be the next Elon Musk or something. Yeah. Right? So, so a lot of it is shaped by being there. So in a way, uh, my decision to play it by ear was directly because of growing up in a place where everyone was into agriculture. Yeah. So when I went to Cal and I asked people questions as to why do you want to be a banker? Oh, I've known this for a while. I, I eat, sleep, breathe, crap finance. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I don't. And so um, I, I spent quite a bit of time talking to people, understanding what the major career paths were. And yeah. when I would ask these rudimentary questions, like walk me through your day, they would take a pause and be like, is this kid for real? Right? Like, why does he yeah. know what he wants? But, but it was also a bit endearing and honest because I was trying to make a career decision and I had to allocate gravity to that. Mm. Right? And so when I was asking these questions, doing my homework, I was able to make a very educated decision on my first step being investment banking. Mm. The thing I want to I say is like, when you speak about how I go about deciding what I wanted, I came in blank slate and mm. I had fundamental conversation with experts like yourself mm -hmm. as to what it's like walk me through your day what are the best parts but what are the really crap parts mm -hmm. like when you're 
you off at 4 a.m. and you want to kill yourself, what makes you keep going? You know, yeah. when there's Red Bull in you, then food, what makes you keep ticking? Yeah, That's yeah. The- like hardcore truthful answers and people people appreciated the perspective of I'm here just to learn and I'm here to just educate myself and then I'll yeah. just whether or not it's for me so kids out there if you're in high school right now or even if you're early on in college um, take your freshman year to just go around the block you know talk to everyone and see what really comes to you naturally what's your natural skill set and just play to that strength. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, it's like, you know, you got to, you know, A, have an open mind when you enter, especially in university when, you know, this is the probably the only time you can explore as much as you can. You can try all the mm-hmm. flavors. And the only way to try these flavors is not by reading articles and books and you, it's actually right, meeting right. the humans that do it, that spend their daily life doing it. Right. And like, obviously, not only will you learn what you love, you'll also learn what you don't like, but also mm-hmm. obviously you'll build your network. You know, when, when, let's just say you mm-hmm. meet, you know, in, in your first two years, let's say you are able to meet about a hundred people. That would be my recommendation that are, you know, either alumni or, you know, even third mm-hmm. year or fourth year students who have done it for a summer, just networking with them puts you on their radar. And when your time comes, not only do you know what you want to do, you have someone to call and be like, Hey, look, I'm ready. I want to like, you know, pull the trigger and do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So start studying business at Haas, uh, you know, Haas is one of the top undergrad business schools and graduate mm-hmm. business schools. Um, so internships, how did, you know, how did you think about those, um, you know, mm-hmm. more of the first few internships, talk, talk, talk to me about the, the path of the different internships before we get to uh, your amazing banking internship. Absolutely. Um, Shirjan, you actually played a very big role in helping me understand how to go about recruitment and, and going about that path in college. What I noticed was that I was playing from a lower field, you know, and people were on upper ground in that they had freshman and sophomore year internships at, you know, boutique investment banks in the Bay Area, even buzz brackets. Yeah. And all I had was a couple of marketing gigs, a couple of, I don't know, golf instruction gigs and like one bank wealth management gig. None of that stuff means anything basically, right? Yeah. I, I, I was a glorified coffee boy. Um, I learned a lot, but but that's about it, right? And so I was operating from a from a level which was a bit disadvantaged because kids had been racking up investment banking internships like Tiger Woods racks up major trophies, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone just didn't, you know? And so when I spoke to you at the, the leaders um, said seminar that you hosted at Berkeley, yeah. I thought to myself that, that here's a guy who, who's saying that he had a 3.0 and he came from a STEM background and he didn't have any finance experience going for him. Yeah. And then ended up cracking into like MS and not only Morgan Stanley, but the, the most competitive group. Yeah. And then he like Google Capital. And so how did this guy do it? Yeah. And then I didn't have to ask the question because the way you spoke, the charisma, the public speaking, the EQ, the way you connected, it all made sense. I was like, I want to be this guy. So when I saw you do it, that molded my approach of how I want to do. Right. And you already, and you had those, the qualities I had, you also had them. Like, I feel like, you know, when, when I think about, you. you know, public speaking and connecting with a human and ability to connect mm-hmm. with one mm-hmm. human or multiple humans, it's a, it's a natural ability that most people don't have. And when you right. do have right. it, yeah. it gives you a big edge, like, you know, a massive mm. edge. Uh, you know, people, you know, people, you know, hate Donald Trump. I, I don't like him either, but like he has right. an edge with his people. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so, so people, when they find their edge, they can use it. It can bring really amazing things. Yeah. And, and just on a, on a, on a slight tangent, 
uh, in one of the debates where Trump was taking on Hillary, uh, and this is classic stage stage management and just owning it. Hillary was speaking and addressing the question from the audience, and he was circling her like a shark. I mean, this dude was so comfortable on stage, <laughs> and just his body language was that of a president, a shit president, but a president nonetheless. And so when I saw the debate, I was like, he's won. It's it's game over, you know, mm. like yeah, yeah. end of story. And the same thing you can extrapolate forward in, in, in finance, you know, when I saw you do those things, I thought to myself, I have two or three more months before recruitment actually starts. Mm-hmm. You are becoming the best in the game or you know what, that's cocky, forget that. Let me try to become the best I can become at networking, at EQ, at connecting with people so I can show people that, hey, I haven't done an internship at an investment bank before this, but if you take me, I'm gonna work harder, smarter, than any Ivy League kid you've ever taken. And, and yeah. no disrespect to the Wharton kids. You guys are born bank- bankers. Have yeah. <laughs> Wharton kids, calm down. I can feel you getting angry. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. So, chill out. I, I, I hope I... I, I, I <laughs> don't worry, no, you, you're not going to offend anybody. This is, this is a candid podcast. Everybody is raw, yeah. raw here. Yeah, and, and, and so I knew that like, I had to play to my advantages, right? And so I, I wasn't a natural born finance whiz. And all I was yeah. is somebody, as you mentioned, connect with people coming from an honest place. Yeah. And so, Shirjan, if I was to ask you, like, how many cold emails do you think I sent? What would you say? Uh, knowing you, man, uh, it's, it's in the four digits, I would say, at least a thousand. Two thousand. So there you go. <laughs> it was, it was you, on the money, on the money. And, and the earlier cold emails were so funny, man. If I pull them up, you laugh your head off. It was, it was some emotional Julia Roberts stuff, like, Hey, you know, one day someone took a chance on you, so now you're gonna yeah, get a yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah. And this guy from Hong Kong was like, kid, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, this yeah. is how you write a code email template. And then I went to your workshop and, and, and you showed us one, and I was like, ah, this is how it works. And so, uh, dude, I, I remember like when I was trying to break in, and you know, anybody <laughs> and everybody was fair game. Because, like, you know, you see, you, you know, you, in your mind as a student, you don't really, you know, think about all the different data points. All you see is, okay, here's Jenny, and Jenny works right. at Goldman Sachs. Like, right. And you're like laser focused. You're like, you know what? I'm just gonna shoot Jenny an email. And then yeah, yeah. does it, does it, does it <laughs> matter if Jenny's in the Tokyo office or in the Kuala Lumpur yeah. office, or Jenny is back office research group analyst and not investment banking, right. doesn't matter. Point was, when right, you're cold right. emailing, you're spreading that white net. And I dude, I had somebody like, you know, co- uh, video, <laughs> audio coffee chats or call, calls with like people right, in right. Tokyo. Who are like, dude, like, there's no way we're ever going to hire you in Tokyo. But <laughs> I'm happy to take a call because you're from UCLA or whatever. But no, I, 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 I learned that the hard way too. Because I, I talked to one guy in, in Tokyo and he was like, since we're on a call right now, I assume you know that our office requirement is being fluent in Japanese. So I'm assuming you speak Japanese. And I was like, hey, man, does Punjabi count? Like, <laughs> somehow make it a <laughs> exactly. Oh, <man. laughs> so you go through recruiting and with your, you know, with your, all the hard work, all the networking, uh, mm-hmm. you get a bunch of interviews, uh, in, yeah, yeah. in, in, in a lot of the top investment banks, uh, and end yeah, up, yeah. you know, getting an offer from JPM. Tell me the story behind that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, Shirja, uh, it was always very clear that I want to work at a place, um, especially my first gig, where I genuinely like the people, you know? So when I began asking the hardcore questions about investment banking, like, why do you, what do you hate the most about this gig? I got a very good picture because Haas alumni, when they were asked the hard questions, they gave the easy answers. 
Mm. They were sleep deprived, they were cranky, and a, a merger blew up. And they were like, look, kid, you learn a lot, but it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. You're going to be pushing your limits. And so if you're somebody who needs eight hours of sleep every single day, mm-hmm. if you're somebody who cannot go without dating or like a rapid social life, do something else, man. Go corporate. You know, it's great. It's amazing. But yeah. this is not, you know, your alley. And so I knew exactly what I was getting into from a work atmosphere, the finance, yeah. money, the modeling. So let's, let's put that aside. Yeah. The question came down to how do you choose or how do I choose JPM to work at when I was very lucky to have a ton of other offers, right? So when I was interviewing with the group, right, in comparison to, I, I, I won't take names, but I interviewed at one elite boutique. Okay. And I remember that I went through like all the rounds and I got an offer, but Sherja in all of the rounds, I wasn't asked a single question on who I was as a person. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not even to tell me about yourself. Nah, nah, nah. It was like DCF, walk me through it, LBOs, modeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to be here, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're industry leaders and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I was a group where I'm a cultural fit. And so when I interviewed with JPM in, in SF, um, I remember the MD asked me, he's like, why do you want to do banking? I gave him my spiel. He's like, cool, cool, cool. Why do you want to do banking? I gave him the spiel again, but like peppered with a few more superlatives and like some. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, public speaking jargon. Cool, cool, cool. I'm good. Why do you want to do banking? Yeah. And that's when it came out, like, look, man, like, I want to learn and I want to grow. But a large part of it is that I want to be financially secure. Yeah. And banking pays really, really well. And coming from a kid, you know, from a third world country who hasn't seen wealth. Yeah. The idea of being financially stable in the first two, three years and affording grad school is very lucrative. Right? Yeah. So this high risk, high reward answer, but it worked in the moment because the guy was getting at that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You won't believe there's only one spot, one spot in that group, that office. And the kids I was competing with in Super Days were from all the top schools, had done hundreds of internships at IBS, cumulative. Yeah, yeah. Were so much more qualified. But then I got the phone call and I heard two things. One was, you got the job. Two was, don't you dare smoke weed if you have a drug test coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think one of the best things about this is that, you know, when you meet real people in any environment, yeah, yeah. you know, and when you're interviewing or whatever, uh, you got to be real with them. And yeah, like people, people who don't BS can notice yeah. BS, you know, uh, any second. Like, you know, there's a famous yeah, thing, you can't yeah. bullshit a bullshitter, right? So yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. something like that MD, whoever he was or she was, like, they were real, right? And when they were real, yeah, you yeah. had to be real. You had to kind of meet them at, the, at their level. Uh, and, yeah. and that's where, like, BS answers, like, oh, you know, investment banking, <laughs> I want to work on deals, and I'm very passionate about the sector, and da, da, da. What's, no. what's your culture? Tell yeah, your culture. Exactly. <laughs> what is your culture? Exactly. Oh, man. So, dude, well, Shija, I'll, I'll, I'll take a very small, small, small yeah. tangent. I'll, I'll tell people, which I really learned from you, and this was, this was mastery in, in front perspective, was when you and I were talking about my potential options post-banking, mm-hmm. again, we won't name firms and people, but there was one guy which we were talking to, and that guy was basically giving us the run round. Remember, Singapore company, and he wasn't being receptive, and he was just like yeah. giving the yeah. I loved the fact that you would read with the guy in that, hey, buddy, is there something or is there not something? Mm-hmm. But we really, and that's when the guy respectfully was implying that, I'm sorry, man, like there's not something. Yeah. That's when I realized that you can't be afraid to be real and call things as they are. Of course, yeah. be tactful, 
to be polite, be affectionate, but don't be afraid to express who you are. And when I saw you in that bold, humble persona, it made me realize you got to own who you are because mm-hmm. otherwise people and life in general, we just keep giving you the carrot or the stick. Yeah. So I, I apologize to the tangent. No, 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 you're absolutely right, man. Like you know, the personality. Yeah. One of the stories I have from my recruiting days, this is from Morgan Stanley going to Google, you know, the Google team hadn't made the decision. They had, you know, hundreds of candidates they were still going through. But for me, I was like, dude, I've come in and I've met you guys five times now. Right. And, and like, you know, like I know you guys either are leaning in or leaning out, but either way, I want you to know that I'm already satisfied. I'm already fulfilled. So if you want, if you want, if you want this guy, right, right here, this guy, then just say yes. And if you don't want this guy, very simple. Just say no. Just say no. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not. It's not gonna. You know, it, like the grand scheme of things, life will go on, right? So, so yeah, LGO yeah. is one of my, you know, personal mo- you know, uh, mottos, which is like life goes on. And and that yeah, moment, my yeah. boss looked at me and he basically nodded. He's like, yes. And then I literally went home. The next day was my flight to uh, Hong Kong because I was like um, gonna go uh, vacation after Morgan Stanley. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and I accepted that. But then you know, I totally agree. Like you know. At some point, you just got to be, you know, at most points, I would say, just be real, be honest, because like, you know, if you don't believe in yourself and your own safety net, you're always going to be, yeah. you know, taken around for a, for a ride and never going to get what you you know, truly deserve or, or, or expect. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of hate this phrase, like fake it till you make it, because if yeah. you fake your personality and you do enter an investment bank or a, mm-hmm. or, or a consultancy firm, which is great yeah. on paper, but this is what you wanted. Kids don't realize that you're working there shoulder to shoulder from 12 hours to 20 hours. And oftentimes yeah. you don't leave the bank for days. Yeah. Life going on, you shower in the bank, you know, you come in Monday, you leave Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you don't like the people or the, or, 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 or the vibe in general, you're going to be miserable. Absolutely miserable. So mm-hmm. make a choice that that vibe to their personality. There are firms that turned me down. There are firms that I turned down. I turned down one firm, which was so cocky in that mm-hmm. we're the best. That when I said no, they called me and they were like, are you fucking out of your mind? I, <laughs> no, no, you can, you can swear, it's good. Yeah, yeah. so, so like, are you fucking out of your mind? And I was like, uh, I am not, but you just reinforced my point. This podcast is rated R for real, so. <laughs> yes, yes, drop the bombs yes <laughs> um, so dude like you know so jb morgan amazing shop i actually know a couple yeah, of people yeah. there have a lot of respect for them uh, and, mm-hmm. and you know, they're amazing folks um so you mm-hmm. joined the healthcare team right or you, yeah. know, you did the summer internship first which was kind of generalist i'm assuming um yeah, the summer internship was uh healthcare oh, and healthcare, okay. i was lucky enough to convert it um at the very last minute they, they dropped in one more intern who had been there the prior year as as a sophomore and so unfortunately there was only one spot and I was super lucky to like have that chance and uh, work in SF for over a year doing healthcare and then opportunity popped up in London in TMT. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, courtesy of being Indian, you know, yeah, yeah. in the blood, uh, gotta, gotta, gotta come back to the roots, right? So you gotta I gotta come I back to the, the motherland. The motherland, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I thought to myself, TMT banking in Europe, too good to pass. And so I spent over a year over there before coming to India and now doing uh, BD and strategy. Yeah, but, but before, before we jump all the way there, let's, let's take yeah, a yeah, step yeah. back a little bit. Um, yeah, I yeah. think like, you know, it, you know, being Indian, being international, visa is always an issue. Was that one of the reasons why the, the London move 
uh, was a little bit easier and kind of helped you extend the, the banking uh, uh, portion? Yeah, no, no, let's, let's, let's be really real about it. Uh, the real, real honest, brutal answer is that uh, for international students and, and, and for the homies out there who aren't U.S. citizens and, and green card holders, they, they'll feel me on this. Yeah. Uh, I, you could go to Harvard or you could go to community college. It doesn't matter. You only get one year after you graduate to work in a company that hires you and then your name gets thrown into a random black bucket mm -hmm. where you about your GPA or where you work. It's a random lottery mm -hmm. and only about percent of kids get chosen. And so I was in the 80% who did not get mm -hmm. the age work as a lottery. So that is what prompted the, the line of thought as to let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And so let's be very real about it. I, I got yeah. super lucky that I worked for a firm that had multiple offices, mm -hmm. which led to a, a point for an international um, uh, audience. Your first gig out of college, if you don't have US citizenship or a green card, ideally has to be a firm that has many global offices because you have an 80% chance of not getting the H1B lottery yeah. unless you're a STEM major. If you're a STEM major, you get three tries. That's three years. I wasn't, I was, I was business. Got it. And, so you, and, and for those listening, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Exactly. Exactly. And so even majors like statistics, data analysis, um, CS, any engineering, they all qualify. So, so actually ask your school as to, in your international office, which majors are STEM and which are not. You'd be surprised at some of the ones that, that do make the cut. Got it. And you can even double major, you know, I didn't know. And so that's actually one area where I failed. If I had known, and if I would go back, I would double major in cog sci or, you know, stats or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three tries. So didn't work out for me, but, but please make sure you know that if you're working, if, if you're doing a major that's not STEM, one try, 80% chance in lottery, you won't get it. And so target firms that have a global presence, because a lot of my friends who are much smarter, yeah. uh, intelligent, EQ, charisma, actually had to go back to their home countries immediately and with a shit ton of debt mm. time in those glory jobs to actually pay off that debt. Yeah, no, that, that's tough, man. No, I hear you. And, and you kind of like, you know, you work so hard to get this amazing dream job and whatnot. And then literally a year in, you're like, oh man, hit like, yeah. like what does the future <laughs> look like? So London makes yeah, a lot of yeah. sense. You know, uh, I just had a Jing Jing on the podcast who's also from Berkeley. Oh, yeah, from, Jing Jing is yeah. awesome. Yeah, Love yeah. the Jing Jing. <laughs> so Jing Jing uh, did the same thing. Like she went from Houlihan uh, Bay Area to London. Yeah. And now she's in yeah. Singapore. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you know, so, so how was, uh, how was life at JP Morgan in, in Europe, in London, uh, both personal yeah. life and professional life and how different is it from, you know, the, the fun, easy startup life yeah. of, uh, of San Francisco? Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> my, Shirja, I'm a, I'm a frugal guy, man. Uh, some, some people call me cheap. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I am kind of cheap. Uh, I'm hella cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hella cheap. When you, when you open the dictionary and you, and you find the word cheap, there, there's a photo of me right there. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest. And so the, the, my wallet took a hit, man, because JPM London, because I was JPM, I was JP Morgan Casino. And Casino is this blue-blooded uh, investment bank, which was uh, bought by JPM. And, and Casino was actually the investment bank for all of the Royal Treasuries transactions. So their client mm. was the queen. Right. So if you go back decades, Casino culture was you get a signing bonus, but you can't save it. You got to spend it on uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Savile Row. Savile Row. Yeah. Savile yeah. Row. You know, uh, monk shoes. Uh, yeah. Watch. You got to blow the thousands to like look the part. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
you're from SF, you know, freaking Patagonia, jackets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, uh, Gap, Chinos, loafers, Nikes, you know, everything goes to then being like, hey man, you gotta drop thousands of dollars to like kind of look like you're not a hobo. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that was a hit, but um, fun, fun story. My, my vice president was actually royalty. Oh, wow. It's crazy. And, and it just came up like in a random conversation, like, oh yeah, like uh, Harry, William and I, we play golf. <laughs> Fucker Harry and William. He's like, Harry and William. I'm like, you can't fucking drop that in over a copy. <laughs> crazy. You mean the Windsors? Crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then my associate was Dutch royalty. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm not for you, it's not like royalty. Like make you must be Indian royalty then. You must be, you must be Indian royalty then. Like everybody. So this, every <laughs> this one girl, and, and God bless her heart, she actually came to me and she was like, the turban you wear with the colors and all, I'm guessing it's because you're royalty. And I'm like, yes, that is, that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is the reason. That, that is, is the exactly reason. That's exactly what it is. So, so again, she's a culture shock. You know, London is a lot more proper. Uh, people aren't that talkative. Uh, a lot more, um, a lot, a lot more prim actually. You know, like in, in the Bay Area, the fuck function flies. Half yeah. thousand, you're on the bar. You know, people make conversations. London, yeah, it's preserved, right? Yeah. So I actually, interestingly, had to tone down my personality when I was over there because, like you already know, you know, there's a principle of mirroring, right? Mm -hmm. You always to be in a wavelength that, to a certain degree, mirrors the energy and the behavior of the person you're interviewing. If you're operating at a very extroverted level and the person you're talking to is timid and shy, you're fucked. Yeah. Right? Because person's like, this guy's a nut job, right? Yeah. So on the first couple of days I advised, hey, uncle, tone it down. Like, let's not wear the neon green turbans on, in, in, in the first week, right? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. to adapt to a more proper, a more respectful, a more refined culture. It wasn't colloquial as much. Um, and, and, and the same applied to like our European counterparts as well. You know, amazing people, Amazing time, amazing yeah. office culture, but just a little bit more reserved. So that's on the mm -hmm. culture. Uh, I thought Europeans chill and I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to like travel all of Europe, backpack, cheaply. Share yeah, yeah. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. You can't forget that. Your right? rail passes. <laughs> yes, yes. Let, let's, make, let's be clear about that. And, and I thought I'd have a good time, but Sherja, I kid you not, I worked so much harder in London than mm. I did in area. It's, it was, it's, a diff, it's a different pace there, I heard. It's like, you know, people are yeah. at work a lot longer and then, you know, the only like fun thing is the, is the beer at 6 p.m. But then the pub or whatever, pub roll or pub crawl and then they come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you're drunk. You still have banged out that model. You know, like, <laughs> no one really cares. Yeah. Uh, in, in SF, I, I thought that uh, we work really hard because, you know, investment banking. And I thought, you know, London or, or Europe has a culture of being a little bit more Social and getting out there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, Wasn't the case. We were the leading PMP coverage bank uh, in Europe and there was so much of deal flow. I, I barely got to see the outside. Yeah. I mean, small story. When I came to India, I noticed that my hand was getting a rash. Mm -hmm. right? This red rash. And I was like, the fuck is this? And I went to a dermatologist and she looks at me and she's like, you come from uh, London. And you worked a job which was intense, and I was like, "Correct." Mom, you spoke to my mom. I know my mom snitched on me, and she's like, "No, because your skin has gotten out of touch with the sun, so now your body is having a reaction to sunlight because you haven't seen the sun 
in over a year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Dude, that is that is you were working. That is crazy. And then just stepping back a little bit on the point you mentioned about being on the same wavelength and mirroring the people yeah. that are around you. I think this is one of the most important lessons I've learned in my life as well. And and yeah. I and yeah. the earlier I could have learned it, the better I could have done. But like, you know, yeah. the later you learn it, like, you know, it, it'll be worse. So I'll give you a couple yeah. examples. Yeah. Like, you know, the culture at Morgan Stanley uh, Menlo Park was very, 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 very different than the culture yeah, at Google yeah. and the culture mm -hmm. at Google was very, very, very different than Morgan Stanley, Hong Kong. Right. And then mm -hmm. Morgan Stanley, Hong Kong was very, very, very different from Morgan Stanley Menlo. So mm -hmm. the point is in all of these places, there was a wavelength, right? There was a, a, mm -hmm. a style of doing things and there was a way mm -hmm. you would dress up, right? If you think about it, like, you know, the most casual you would dress up would be actually Google, right? Obviously. Yeah. And yeah. the most professional I would have to dress up was Hong Kong and the, in the middle kind of business casual was Menlo. And then, yeah. and yeah. then similarly in terms of the, you know, political correctness, correctness and being like saying what's on your mind and being real, you could be mm -hmm. as real as you want at Morgan Stanley, Hong Kong. Right. Like you could Wait, really, you could, yeah, you could say whatever you want oh, on your wow. and you could like, you know, you could, you know, you know, it's basically the, the boundaries are too far away. Right. And, 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 and mm -hmm. it's open, open, open field. Whereas mm -hmm. at Google, it's a very politically correct place, right? There's things mm -hmm. you, you say and there's things you definitely don't say. Uh, and mm -hmm. then in Morgan Stanley Menlo, it's kind of, you know, play the kind of the middle ground, right? You're somewhat politically correct, but you also say what's on your mind. <clears throat> mm -hmm. so the point is like in all of these places, you know, there is a vibe, there is a style, yeah, yeah. there is a wavelength, like you said. And I think for folks listening, when you do get your job, we all have our own personalities. We all have our ways of mm. thinking and that's amazing. And as long as you're not hurting someone, that's great. Like you're honest, you're opinionated, you're positive, all that good stuff. But the problem is mm. when you get into these positions, I think it's very important to just pause and just absorb and listen for the first like yeah. you know, yeah. month to see you know, how, how are people reacting? How do people express themselves? How do they show what they're thinking, what's on their mind in the, in the way that it's supposed to be? Now, at the same time, I don't want mm -hmm. you to fully change yourself and be just like this company. You should always be you, right? But at the mm -hmm. same time, you should always be observant about what is the environment like, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and, and within the first few weeks, you'll know exactly how things are done and how you should kind mm -hmm. of, you know, showcase yourself. So, you know, being you is important and, and I would, I would do it. But at the same time, if a company all, on the other hand asks you to fully change you, like for example, at one company that I know, you know, their, you know, their whole thesis is you can be you as long as you're like us. Right. But like, but like that doesn't work for a lot of people. Right. So, so I would stay away from those companies for sure. But for companies where you can be you, where you can kind of assimilate, you know, mold yourself a little bit. That's I think the right thing. Absolutely. Um, one quick question, man, yeah. which, which I love yeah, yeah. perspective on. And I think like if I was to go back in time, I would have appreciated this so much more would be uh, how do you, in, in your perspective, develop that, that, that EQ or, or develop that instinct to be able to mirror, to be able to connect, to be able to pause, to slow down and genuinely connect to a culture, to a people mm -hmm. when you're young and entering college and you haven't seen so much of life. How do you go about that? Yeah, dude, that's tough, man. Like if, you know, it's, it's like, it's like that million dollar question. Like if you know it early enough, it would have, it would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of uh, yeah, effort. Yeah. Um, I think like looking back at it now, what I know, I think finding a mentor, right. Yeah. Yeah. In an organization mm -hmm. who, who likes the real you, 
right? And, and sees the real you, but realizes the real you is not going to survive for too long here, but can mm. mold you a little bit, can coach you and guide you, right? Because you're, you know, think of you as, because when you come into these industries, you're like a you know, superstar from your school, right? Because like you've crushed it, yeah, you've gotten yeah. some of these things. So naturally the ego and accomplishments, achievements, and you know, the go-getter personality is very high. And, yeah. and, and you are at the top of your game, but now you're coming into a new company where you're going to be at the bottom, right? And you're going to, you got to mm. climb up and you got to build that reputation all over again. Just like kind of like going from high school where the cool kids go into the next best university. When you get there, mm. everybody's the cool kid, right? So now you got to, again, mm-hmm. reestablish yourself. So I think my only recommendation would be to find a mentor who is two to three years or two to three ranks senior than you, right? Who, right, can, right. who you can shadow, who you can learn from and leave the ego at the door right? For the first yeah. month, leave the ego at the door and just be in full on listening mode, right? Yes. yes. Unless, unless you can, unless you leave the ego at the door, you will never be open to learning and improving mm-hmm. and, and observing. So I think for a full month, you know, be thoughtful, listen more, say less, and just hover this person, whoever this person is, this mentor of yours. And, and, and really seek guidance and, and be like, you know, maniacal about like, hey, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And, and really getting it from that one person and let them guide you and coach you uh, and mm. take you under, under, under their wing. So that's kind of the way I would do it. Uh, and that's what, I did at, that's what I did at Google and it worked really well for me there. And then, you know, that's what I did at uh, Morning Stanley Hong Kong as well because I'd learned yeah. some of these lessons in Menlo and then I was, and I learned a few more in, in Google, and then I kind of used that later on. And then later yeah. on, like now I use it in my, you know, regular life. Like like now when I'm, you know, running this uh, venture and like you know doing these podcasts, and uh, you know, it's still a job for me, right? This is still this is this is my main main thing that I do. So yeah. using it in like how I deal with clients and how I handle like you know, let's say I'm having a podcast with you, which is a high energy podcast. After this, I yeah. might have a yeah. podcast with someone who is. A little bit more introverted, a little bit more. Absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so that's kind of the way I, you know, those lessons will will play out. Thank you, thank you. So, so Angus, so London, uh, you know, you did your thing, and then transitioned to India. So, talk to me about, yeah. you know, a lot of people going to banking. It's their dream job. They reach to the, mm-hmm. the pinnacle of the business world, let's just say, as a young person. But then they also don't stay in. You know, some go to the private yeah. equity world, some go to Harvard mm-hmm. Business Schools of the world, but some mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. say, hey, you know what? enough. I'm going to do something else. I've, I've got yeah. what I wanted. Now I'm going to take it somewhere else. How did, talk to me about that. Absolutely. I think Shirna, um, when my summer ended, I was so enamored by the glitz and the glamour of going to a glass building taller than anyone in my hometown, mm. working for a name that inspired confidence and awe, you know, like, um, any other brown parents mind a lot of pride in like, you know, telling folks that my son works at the JP Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is not a bank teller. He's doing something investment banking. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, all of that kind of got me, man. I was like, shit, yeah, life's kind of good. This yeah. is good. And so in this summer internship, the, the single minded goal was get the full-time offer and yeah. sign on. Right. And so um, I did exactly that. And about six months into my job, I realized it, it isn't for me, man. Yeah. And uh, now did that prevent me from continuing to give my absolute best? Absolutely not. I still gave it my 100%, yeah. which is why I was able to transfer to our best group in London, right? Because 
there are tons of other kids also who didn't get their H1B and we're all were gunning for that one spot in TMT London, which was recruiting. So it was an internal JPM contest and they were looking at applicants who were- In London, citizens. in Europe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oxford, Cambridge, INSEAD, la di da. Yeah. And so I continued to like go really strong at my job because I knew that it's not for me, but I'm not going to be a bad performer. Um, now let's talk about why I thought it wasn't for me, yeah. right? I learned the quant skills, I learned valuation. I, I, I understood how investment bankers think, mm-hmm. right? Develop that attention to detail. I, atten- I developed this, this, this thick skin, this mental toughness that you can work me for four days nonstop, I'm not gonna crack. And that only comes through like actually being in the yeah. frying pan, right? You of all people can probably, you know, lead a seminar on what yeah. banking does for a person's personality, right? Yeah. So on the intangibles, the tangibles, uh, understanding what makes a company tick, you know, talking to CEOs, uh, you know, being the only analyst on a hot IPO. I learned a shit ton. It was awesome. I love JPM. I love the people. Had a great time. Yeah. Now let's talk about why it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Shirja that much like yourself, but to a much lesser degree. My strength is doing what we're doing right now, right? Adding value to people, being a bit on the selfless side, and and using our gift of being able to connect and communicate for the betterment of others. Yeah. Right. And there is a certain amount of self-actualization that happens when you're doing something you're good at and you're meant to be doing. And that's not satiated when you're doing something that is neglecting that side. Yeah. Right. So when my MD would be leading those meetings at the table with CEOs, or would be on those conference calls, Shejan, I would be itching yeah. to, to speak up and to make that pitch because I could do better. Yeah. And yeah. So- knew that I, I, I could read the audience on the side and I could tell yeah. that they don't want to know about the DCF, they want to know about the company calls yeah. or the other round. And so I knew that I, I want to do this, but I wasn't willing to wait till becoming executive director seven years down the line yeah. to start doing that more salesy, people-oriented, getting out their role, you know, the, the more sourcing, yeah. uh, ES kind of role, right? And so I saw people doing it and I was like, I want to be that guy. I'm not going to wait seven years. And then I found the perfect role, which I'm doing right now. And uh, so you just, you just got to be honest, man. Like, I, did I take a pay cut? Yeah. Do yeah. uh, people uh, not know my, the name of my current firm, but they know the name of my previous firm? Absolutely. Do some yeah, yeah. crack and PCP for making the choice I did? Yeah. <laughs> Am I unbelievably happy right now? Am I going every single day? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like, you know, going back to that point you made, you know, early on in our lives, and I always say this, you know, early on in your life, you know, chase the brands, but then you got to become yeah. the brand, right? Yes. And, and, yes. and yeah. at some point, you know, if you're fortunate enough, not for everybody, look, some people, you know, forever in their careers, they, they like being in a, you know, sustainable, risk-free kind of environment and being at a brand is great and rising there is great. And that's awesome. Good for you. But yeah, I think if you yeah. have the opportunity, the real, you know, wealth creation, let's just say, and wealth doesn't just mean money, but also happiness, you know, Absolutely. purely happiness first, I would say, you know, comes when you actually become so independent in a way where you don't need to work at a brand to be you. Yeah. You can be yeah. you and, and go anywhere you want. So, so, so tell me about the transition here, man. So you're now at a new firm. You came back to India. Yeah. You're in Chandigarh, back with family. Yes, definitely yeah. pay cut is part of it. I've gone through a pay cut when I you know, left Morgan Stanley and then yeah, you know, yeah. my startup. Uh, but again, you know, happiness the way I measure it is, uh, or success the way I measure it is uh, a simple thing, a simple test, which is, are you waking up happy? 
it's all that's what exactly. success is yeah so when i wake yeah. up every morning i don't have any stress about oh i gotta check my email because you know comps have to be refreshed or this deck wasn't <laughs> built or that wasn't it or like sunday i gotta go in because of xyz or clients being you know an ass now it's all but fucking, like yeah. fucking comps man i'll be honest with you i think the amount of hard codes i've left in all these excel files in my like you know four-year career is probably the maximum number of hard codes ever left by an analyst <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, let, just letting morgan stanley know if you find those hard codes it was me <laughs> it was always me. It was me. Uh, um, up, it, it, it inspired by a candor. Am I going to cuss up to my hardcore? Fuck no. We're going to move on, man. <laughs> good, good. So, what are you doing in India now? What's uh, what's the role? What yeah, are you working yeah. on? Yeah, absolutely. And and so I actually uh, when all these headhunters from Apollo and Carlisle and and other firms were reaching out because I was lucky to have the background of top school. Uh, I was summa cum laude, and uh, I, I had the profile that these headhunters look for, right? Yeah. And so it was tempting, man. Who doesn't want to make a shit ton more money and work mm -hmm. for like a KKR and then go to HBS, right? Yeah. Just knew that I wasn't gonna be happy, man. Like it's gonna be banking two point two, and there's there's only so much grit that a person has before you just want to do what you're genuinely, naturally good at, right? The, yeah. the, Wake up test, as you mentioned, right? So I began looking at gigs abroad and I began looking at gigs over here. And I found out that there's a company which has a position of, you know, a, a director actually in their BD team. Okay. And uh, I knew it was, it was a far shot, you know, because I, I don't have some experience, but I understand the South Asian market. You know, I understand how sales is done. And I reached out to them. I said, I know that the next step for you guys is to break into Africa. The next step is to break into China. The next step is to now have commercial real estate in, you know, Bombay and, and South India. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And so I made this case study. I made this complete deck. I sent it to them, all of my strategy. And I said, this is what I think from a layman perspective. But I tell you right now, this deck won't get you there. It's the people in the BD team who back up the CEO and get us there. So this firm, actually, even though people don't know about it, it's called Ankit Ankit India. And it's almost like a billion dollar conglomerate. And they okay. do real estate and CNR and export import. So this is as classic as business can get at the grassroots, mm -hmm. right? The role that I have right now, it is quant in that I study all of our data of stuff that's the products which are going, doing well, uh, our commercial towers, which are being rented out the best, um, what is customer response in different partners, the pitches we're doing them. So that's yeah. the yeah. I'm also the guy who's on the phone getting clients. Got it. Right? Like I've spoken to Walmart, I have spoken to uh, Target, I've spoken to a developer in Australia, and uh, and a lot of those conversations went exactly as I thought they would. Mm -hmm. A ton of no's, and I got a ton of yeses. Yeah. But every single time, Shirja, I felt so fucking alive. Yeah. So alive and so happy. And the yeses that I got were yeses that had never been achieved before, you know, despite yeah. just being made to those vendors. And so I'm very lucky to be doing a job, which I am extremely good at playing to my skill set, but also honing the quant mind, yeah. making more than enough money to like do very well in India for now. Um, I'm in Chandigarh right now because of coronavirus, New Delhi is kind of shut down. Okay. But my friend is actually in New Delhi. And Got so it. once okay. kind of goes back up, I, I shift back to the capital and, I, mean, I was real with them. I said that this is something I'm doing right now, but yeah. the ultimate play is to work for a unicorn in the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like 
complete their top-notch BD strategy guide. And so a lot of my work over here also is strategy, you know, cracking into a new market, GDM, mm-hmm. market channels, uh, yeah. you know, acquisition, HR, everything, man, everything. Yeah. And so a lot of my role actually is educating myself and like, you know, defining policies on what to do. Yeah. At the same time, I know that like maybe a year and a half or two years from now, ideally, if all goes to plan, I'm going to be working for a unicorn back to the bay and then eventually do venture capital because you of all people know that when you sit across a guy who's trying to get funding for his baby, it's not a yeah, yeah. he's not going to go with you because you're a sequoia. He's going to go with you if he feels your wife. Right? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'm wrong. Am I wrong? No, no, you're, no, you're right. You're right on that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think that's the long term play. And I was honest to my employer about that. But I guess long story short, um, what I'm trying to say is that I identified what I was good at, what I enjoyed, yet it continued to like help me grow not get complacent and how it fed into my long-term goal of being in a unicorn doing corporate strategy. So yeah. this feeds in perfectly and is in perfect marriage with my valuation and quant background from JP Morgan, where I can bang on an LBO comms and a DCF in less than half a day. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Time do strategy, GTM, marketing, sales, HR, because in a startup, your role is ambiguous, right? Like a large part of them hiring a guy is, are you going to roll up your sleeves and not be a ninny? about stuff which wasn't a part of your job description. So yeah. it's very strategic from where I was coming from in that the role I do next is the B in the A plus B equals C, where C is a unicorn that's doing great things. Got it, got it. Dude, that's amazing, man. I think, I think it's an amazing journey. I think it's trending the right way. Uh, you know, you've yeah. done everything from going to a great school to crushing it at that school. Then, you know, getting your investment banking dose out of the way, multiple geography experience from the Bay mm-hmm. to Europe to India now. And, yeah. and, and like, you know, you're, you know, you, you're kind of transitioning uh, to this later part of stage one, which is, you know, you know what you love. And now in stage two, hopefully in the next, you know, year or so or two years, and then that stage will continue for 10 years. Well, you're, in my opinion, you get into the learning mode where you go and, you know, start building your actual career. Right. And that's like, yeah. I'm, I'm just a few years ahead of you, but basically I'm in that, you know, stage two of my life where I've picked yeah. something that I love doing and I'm just going deep in that. Right. And that is, Absolutely. you know, building Absolutely. this. So, so uh, uh, look, yeah. man, you're, you're the best in the game at doing it too, man. Like when you were running leaders, uh, the kind of impact you had on kids, it was remarkable. I mean, you've made a kid from North India with no IB field <laughs> investment banker at a JPM. You did that. No, no, I appreciate it, brother. You did it. We did it together. Um, across the world. No, my, 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 my job is to help you, help you, help you get closer that. to the job. <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate, brother, like, you know, I'm, I love the kind words and this is amazing. And look, I mean, you know, what started as a hobby, it is this today. So, you know, sometimes yeah. if you just focus on what you love doing and slowly without like, you know, how much money will it make and all that other stuff, just focus on, do I love yeah. doing it? Do I love waking up happy and doing it? Uh, that keeps you, that keeps you going. You just stay at it. That's, that's what like, you know, great businesses come out of hopefully. So I guess I want to like, uh, you know, end uh, the interview a little bit on a quote that you said, and or maybe I don't know if you said it, but it's a, a quote from your speech and um, uh, because you were the, you know, you were the commencement speaker at Berkeley mm-hmm. and I loved it and it resonated with me a lot. Uh, and it says, uh, you know, uh, dreams are not the ones when you go to bed. Uh, yeah. Dreams are the ones that don't let you go to bed. Right. So, yeah. and that's, that's beautiful because you know, that's what life is about. So what is, you know, yeah. what is, what is Anga dreaming about now? 
<laughs> Ankur is dreaming of getting married, man. Because <laughs> Ankur has spirits on his ass right now. <laughs> is, is that coming up? Is that coming up? <laughs> Uh, no, no, not anytime soon. But the parents are putting pressure to like, kind of like, at least start having conversations. I mean, you know. So, like, who, so like, who's the lucky guy? <laughs> <laughs> Prove to us, man. Prove to us. That you're gonna bring home a bride, like, because we're kind of, we're kind of doubting you right now. Uh, but <laughs> on a on a serious note, uh, Shirza, uh, it's funny, man. You 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 can't really change your core. You know, when I was a kid growing up. Um, what I enjoyed the most was the feeling of being on stage and speaking to thousands of people at national and international public speaking competitions. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened in America when I was very, very blessed to rank second all America in impromptu speaking contests while competing with the best in the game. And it's still the same, man. I, I, I'm still the same guy who enjoys speaking to people, listening to, listen, you know, it's funny because when people think of a sales guy or a BD guy or a marketing mm-hmm. guy, you think of these guys who walk in there with a suit and they just wax eloquent and they shove stuff down your throat and they sell me this pen, sell me this yeah. pen. You don't fucking sell the pen by shoving the pen down somebody's throat. You sell the pen by asking the person, what kind of fucking pen do you want? Do you even want a pen? Yeah. Right? So that kind of goes back to like the rule of 80-20. Listen 80%, speak 20%. But the 20% where I'm speaking, oh man, do I feel alive? The it's ideas, just, you, can, you can see the idea light up in their eyes. It's, it's awesome, man. And so yeah. it's, it's a kid that I was, you know, when I, I, I had a little top knot on my head before the turban came, you know, as a kid. And I was still yeah. in public speaking. And the same kid right now who's able to have the, the privilege to like talk to clients across the world, to, you know, like pitch for his firm and then do complex case studies of breaking the markets at night. So the dream is, man, to continue doing this, um, the dream is to become one of the best in the world that has ever lived in EQ. The dream is to one day teach at a university uh, all the arts which we don't give emphasis on. Public speaking, storytelling, EQ, uh, interviewing, uh, mm-hmm. mirroring, language, all the intangibles worth their body weight in gold, which nobody sadly gives uh, importance to. Yeah. So the dream That's is... Amazing. I love it, man. A hundred thousand hours in being not the best in this domain for a job, but for self-actualization. It just all comes back full circle. Dude, I love it. So I'm good. You know, I always end the podcast with this question to my guests. And that is, you know, if you look at your resume, you have amazing, you know, you have an amazing university on it with an amazing accomplishment there with, you know, being the commencement and summa cum laude. Then you have mm-hmm. JP Morgan, all these amazing brands, San Francisco, then London and mm-hmm. JP Morgan. Now you're working at this amazing company in India. All of these mm-hmm. amazing brands are, you know, top of the world and you've done that. So I'm going to take that resume. I'm going to delete all those brands. Okay. And the only thing that's left on the, on the, you know, piece of paper is your, is your name. Anger. Did I lose you? <laughs> so you just ran out of electricity. <laughs> I love it. Literally, in the middle of a conversation, it was lights out. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do something interesting, and we'll we'll just see how it shows up as because it's the end of the, the thing anyway. So I'm gonna put you on speaker, and yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, and So you're telling me the electricity in India just went out, and and hence you're 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 now calling me directly. <laughs> 
Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. So the Wi-Fi shut down, it lights out. I'm like walking blind in my room right now, bumping into tables. Ow! Just bump into one. <laughs> and I'm calling you from like my phone cellular because that's the only shit that's working. All right, we, we'll, we'll make the most of it. So the question I was asking you was, you know, you have all these amazing brands on your resume from Berkeley to, you know, being the summa cum laude there, commencement speaker, then JP yeah. Morgan <clears> in <throat> London, San Francisco, and now an amazing company in India. Let's say I delete all of these amazing brands from your resume. And the only thing that's left on that piece of paper is the, is the name Angad Singh Prada, right? So who is, who is Angad? Um, I, I'm gonna take a few seconds because I, I wanna give you an answer that does do justice to the gravity of the question. I love it. Yeah. Take it Shirja, Angad is just a simple kid, man, who, whose passion for people stems purely from the fact that when he was a kid growing up, he lost two of his best friends to a drug pandemic in his home state. He's a kid who's always wanted to give to people because he was was raised a Sikh and, and a very big part of Sikhism is, is giving back. He's a kid who struggles with altruism. He's a kid who struggles with ego. He's a kid who struggles with anger, but wants to dedicate his life to giving back to people, be it in a position within a company or be it in the longer run as a professor, instructor and a non-profit founder. Mm -hmm. um, figuring me out is very easy, Shirja. I'm, I'm just a simple kid with simple struggles battling the simple human demons trying to do simple good and simple life no i love it i love it uh ladies and gentlemen angit saying uh, a little kid from india dreaming big thanks for coming on the podcast brother and Shirza, if, 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 if if i'm so interrupt you can i just have one extra minute to, like, yeah say something, take, if that's take okay? as much as time as you want man this is your hour just just actually make it two things the first one's kind of small Everyone listening up right now, I'm a nobody. Uh, chances are, you know, uh, we might cross paths in the future. If we do, let's play golf. But the only thing I'll let you know is that, um, guys, if I could do it, John has an unbelievable ability of making people, you know, come across as incredibly competent and, and, and showing them in their best light. But I can't emphasize enough that you're probably listening to this and you're far more talented than I am. Um, but I would just say that along with your quant skills, please start pushing yourselves to do a lot better in your people skills. And, 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 and a large part of that is going to be picking up the textbooks that can show you the questions to ask, the body language to adopt, and then just practice, practice, practice. A lot, uh, what I did when I was uh, in high school was seeing a ton of Kimmel and, and Fallon. Uh, these are talk shows and I would just like be on YouTube and I would pause and like I was the guest and I would give answers. And that's how I adapted the English as an international student, which was the same as a Bay Area or American native, even though I'd never fucking stepped in the country. So just really focus on the softer side of people's skills because it's going to help you build your network. End of the day, your network is your net worth. And then this brings me to point number two. Um, all of us on the podcast right now are incredibly blessed and lucky to have a mentor and a guiding light as Sherja. And, and Sherja, don't stop me. I know you're like cringing <laughs> right now, trying to stop me, but let me, let me, let me go with okay. this man. Um, it, it, this man has had an unbelievable amount of impact in, in my existence. 
he is not only unbelievably capable in a boardroom, but he is equally capable, if not more, when he's sitting across you in the table, on a table, helping you figure your life out. And so if, and, and, and now he's doing something that he's hands down the fucking best in the world at, shaping young careers, helping people find out their calling. So if you're listening to this, and if you want to believe a single word of this Indian accent you're hearing right now is, please listen to this dude. He knows his shit. And if you pay attention, it's going to change your lives. I'm his biggest fan and I cannot endorse this enough. So Sherja, thank you for launching the personal mentor service. Thank you for having me on. And dude, thank you for being a mentor and an inspiration in my life, man. I fucking love you. Dude, brother, I appreciate it, man. Love you too, man. Thanks so much. Kind words, uh, you know, I'll, uh, it's gonna you know, make my entire year happy. I'm gonna be smiling all day today. My mom's gonna be like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so dude, thanks for, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah. White, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Find me a wife. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll see what the, you know, the you know, personal mentor network is, is it needs a new chapter called the personal dating network as well. Let's do a market analysis on that shit, man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you coming on, Angad. Same here, brother. Please take care and uh, have a great rest of Ramadan. Take care. Yeah.